Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Other sites have the nasty habit of showing you lower prices, charging you huge fees at checkout. At SeatGeek, the price you see, always the price you pay. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the helicopter flying over our office. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Starry Station the world's best touchscreen router for blazing fast Wi-Fi. I want this. It's designed to give you a better and smarter way to stream and surf throughout your home. It even has parental controls and easy ways to make support calls. Say goodbye to Wi-Fi problems and blinking lights. Control your Wi-Fi on your own. Learn more about Starry Station at starry.com slash BS. My new HBO show is called Any Given Wednesdays. It launches on Wednesday, June 22nd at 10 p.m. Follow the show at facebook.com slash any given W-E-D-S. Uh, and let's not forget about The Ringer, which is launching sooner than you think. Subscribe to the newsletter at theringer.com and download our new Ringer MLB show, which we launched yesterday with me, Jacko, and Mallory Rubin. Let's do it. Yeah. Clear enough for you. All right. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a better day for this guy to be here. You just happen to be in town. It's karma. It's destiny. Joe Lacob doesn't believe in karma. He believes in bragging when his team has seven losses at the end of March. And they are 14-7. and Haral Bob Bulgaris, the world's greatest basketball gambler, one of the top 100. For uh, sure, top 1,000. You did not see this OKC thing coming five, six weeks ago because I emailed you. You emailed me and, and I said, said, "Hey, they're forty to one. Any chance?" And, and then I, we were both like, "No, no way." Yeah, my, I think I gave you a one-word response. No. <laughs> yeah. And now they're a different team. It's like it's like they went into a car wash, got clean, and came out, and they became the team that we we've wanted. This team, the OKC fans are yelling at us and complaining. And oh, you said this, you said that. It's like this is why we were complaining. We right. knew this team was here, and they weren't getting there. What's changed for you? Um. A lot of things, I guess. I mean, first of all, so this team, like, they went to the Western Conference on a, what, four of the last six years or something like that, right? Yeah, they've had success. Yeah. So it is a, not surprising that they're good. I mean, they're supposed to be good. They have Durant, they have Westbrook, and then they have Ibaka, and they have Steven Adams. But then they don't really have very much else, in my opinion. We didn't, you, neither of us liked Cantor or Waiters that much. I still had, in my heart, I liked, liked Waiters. Yeah, I never liked Waiters. They I still don't like. A, yeah, they just turned him into sticking him in the corner. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he can, he's not a someone who you want to like handle the ball. I mean, I I, I ragged on them. Yeah, why is Dion Waiters inbounding the ball? Why do you have him inbounding the ball? And right. then the thing happened with the Ginobili thing and then yeah. the other one. So, so, I mean, he's, but he's played so well. He's hitting shots. Uh, a lot of these problems that, I thought he had kind of go away when you hit shots. Same thing with Roberson. Roberson is hitting shots. Roberson is always a good defender. I never, ever thought Roberson wasn't a good defender. He just wasn't a good offensive player. Uh, is it Roberson or Roberson? Because I do it both. Roberson. They changed it to Roberson? He, it's both. <laughs> it's, I always called him Roberson, but then he was like, it's Roberson. It's like the okay. Thibodeau-Thibodeau thing. I still okay. call him Roberson, but I think it's Roberson. Okay. Well, All he was that, Roberson. Well, and now he's he should make threes. <laughs> now he's yeah. making threes. So he's when he Robertson. makes threes, it's something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, he uh, banked the corner three in, in one of the games in the playoffs. He like banked it in from the corner. That's hard to do. Well, all right. So, 
But I watched they, it. They figured out some of the things that we complained about, right? They staggered Duran and Westbrook. That was now. a huge thing. Staggering. They figured out a couple good lineups. The small ball lineup that they've had the last three games with basically Duran at, at the, the four, four yeah. Bach at the five. I've wanted that for a while. Or Cantor, or, or excuse me, or uh, Adams at the five. Or Adams at the five, but Duran at the four, yeah. playing two-way and rebounding and protecting the rim. It's always been there for him. They've never really totally made him do this. So there's like a couple things. Obviously, the number one thing is I was just wrong. That's possible. It's probably likely. They, I thought, oh, we were I, both thought wrong. I thought Billy Donovan was a horrible coach. Me too. Um, and... If you watched the first two months of the season, you'd be pretty hard-pressed to say, wow, this guy really knows what he's doing coaching basketball. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a couple of things. One, one could be he was trying trying different things that were see what would work, treating regular season as a laboratory. That was in the Lee Jenkins piece. They, yeah. they, and now I don't know if this is 100% true, but they were basically, Donovan's like, I tried a whole bunch of different things. Sam yeah. Preston, I talked about it. I said some of this stuff won't work, but I want to try different things and see what we have. Yeah. Some of the things that were for me, like I, my first impression of Billy Donovan, because I don't watch college, was a game between the Bulls and the Thunder, which I had a bet on. And <laughs> generally, like my, I hate this coach, I'm just being honest, stems from this guy cost me money or something mm. like that, right? That's where it usually starts. Because, you right. know, you, you sit there and you gamble for a living, you watch these games, you don't, you don't, you're not necessarily the most even, <laughs> you, don't, you don't give the most even takes in some ways. So I watched this game and... They were down five, I believe, with like 30 seconds left. Chicago had the ball up five, 24-second shot clock, and they just didn't foul. And he was sitting there, and he was telling his guys to, like, they were going to play it out. I don't know what they were going to do. They were going to hope to get a stop. It might have been like 37 seconds left, and they were going to get a stop and be down five with 12 seconds. So I was just like, what is this guy doing? I don't understand what he's doing. He had a lot of moments like that. Yeah, and there were some moments also at the end of games where the players were looking to him to call a play, and he just looked like he was lost. And maybe he was lost. I mean, look, it's tough to go from college to the NBA. Um, it's well, tough to coach those two players also because they're both transcendent players. And so, you know, you there's a lot of pressure there, I think. But that being said, if you were only to look at the playoffs only and look at this team and look at the changes they made and the type of adjustments on the fly and the way they've changed their roster, lineup, configuration, and game plan for each opponent, you would say this is not a good coaching job. This is a great coaching job. I agree. Um, they I mean, went I big started, versus the Spurs. Yeah, I think it started midway through the Spurs series. Yeah. I noticed, like, I really genuinely feel like in game four, their entire destiny was going to go one way or the other, and they were super snippy. Yeah. Second, third quarter, Westbrook wasn't playing defense at all. I remember tweeting about it. He just wasn't trying. Abaka seemed like he had checked out, and there came this moment there, and Durant was just like, I'm not going to let this happen. And he took over the fourth quarter. And from that moment on, it was like everything fell into place. The Canner Adams lineup fell into place. Abaka, who'd just been marginalized, he looked like Abaka last night. Yeah, That's yeah. the guy I've been waiting for him to come back for three years. Like he was all over the place last night. Yeah. Um, they're all so hitting their shots, clicked, too. They're and all they're making shots. Yeah, they're all hitting like Waiters is hitting shots. Robertson is hitting shots. Durant is always hitting shots. Uh, Westbrook the, the thing like that they have going for them is is like they have such a simple they can run such simple offense they've always run such simple offense because they have such two great half court players but um, like they just with they, they just clear out with Westbrook and then he just goes so fast into the paint and then just passes it to someone it's like they, yeah. run, they run that play where they just clear out and he just runs as fast as he can like from a from a dead stop 
to a start and they get like a cut to the basket. I think, I think um, the main thing for them was just shortening the rotation. That's like the biggest thing. They, you know, Cantor only played eight minutes yesterday or nine minutes. He didn't play hardly at all the previous game as well. There was a game in the Spurs series where he just played eight guys. And I was like, uh-oh, he's yeah. getting it. Yeah. This is what you do. It's the playoffs. Play eight guys or nine guys. You don't need 10. You don't need 11. And some some players, I mean, they, that's where they have a real luxury in that they have Ibaka, they have Adams, they have Westbrook, and they have Durant. Those aren't just four good players, but those are four players who can play a lot of minutes. I mean, Westbrook is durable. He's been injured the last few years. But before that, he never got injured. He doesn't look... Yeah. Like, if you ever watched a game and, and saw, like, Westbrook pulling on his shorts or something, no, and he looks like he's fatigued. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, really he's fatigued ever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... I mean, it's fun to watch. I mean, for me, I... Like, you want them to not succeed in some ways because you want to be right. But I don't... I don't I'm not like that. I'm actually <laughs> yeah. like, wow, this is exciting. I watched well, we, his press conference yesterday, and I was like, this is awesome. We both love basketball. <laughs> yeah. And... Part of the reason we were so frustrated by this team was they had two of the best players in the league and a bunch of interesting pieces, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they figured it out. Have, have you, like, the pace that they're playing at, is it a different level of pace? Because it feels to me like they are just like... Yeah, they're playing way, the way faster than they were. And they played fast for, a, for a, a portion of the regular season, but they're playing way faster than... I mean, they the not last game, but the previous game, game three. I think they used about seven seconds every defensive rebound. That's how long their possessions were—seven and a half, or maybe eight seconds. Some some number that made me just scratch my head. They scored like one point three points off of a off of every defensive rebound that they got, and then they were only using eight or nine seconds or seven seconds to um, get into their offense, which is fast. Most teams, I mean, there's not very many teams that are playing that fast. And that started in the Spurs series. And that was one of the things when it made me wonder if Donovan was starting to figure it out. You, you could hear him like faster, faster, go, go, go. Yeah, move, every coach pace, does pace, that, though. Pace. If you watch, he really, he was yeah, really every, every coach, them. if you watch Spolster, Spolster is like a windmill, like moving his arms, go, yeah. go, go, go. go. But, it's like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's something that every coach on the sidelines tries to do is, is try to go faster. To me, just the main thing was like versus the Spurs, they played big and that worked. And then versus Golden State, they basically just abandoned Cantor because Cantor was not going to be able to defend anybody who could run pick and roll. And for whatever yeah. reason, the Spurs didn't run pick and roll. They didn't have anyone that they thought could they run pick and roll. They didn't have the creator. Like once Parker wasn't playing well, who yeah. else is going to do it, man? But they could have ran pick and roll with Manor. They could have ran some pick and roll with Kawhi. They could have done some things, I think, that would have made that series a little bit more competitive for them. They could like The, the adjustments they made, I thought, were... were were tough because like going with to Boban that just seemed like like and then Andre Desperate. Miller and then Kevin Martin just like this is stuff that they did in the last game the elimination game when they came back it was just kind of like wow they I, I think Pop kind of saw the writing that they weren't going to out athletic this team this team was just too fast too strong too big it came down to that game five for them yeah like Westbrook just was out of his mind and yeah they could they couldn't handle his athleticism I I look at this Thunder team we've been waiting for it really since twelve. The first time they made it when they kind of just, they were just too fast, too athletic, too young, too everything for the Spurs. And they just weren't ready for the finals yet. They trade Harden, bad luck, bad luck. They never kind of had the right team with the right pieces. But to me, like the key to everything, um, other than just Durant Westbrook being healthy, is just that Adams is really good all of a sudden. Yeah, Adams is doing great. I don't. I, I got to admit, like I, it wasn't like I watched 100 Oklahoma City games this year, but I feel like I watched a, a, a pretty good sample size of them. I didn't see the Adams thing coming. 
I liked him. I thought he was a good role player. This guy's like changing games. I did not see that happening. Yeah, it's interesting. They, um, I mean, he's played good all year for them, but some of the plays that he's making on offense are, I mean, he's not just setting screens. He's rolling. Then when he gets the ball, he's making the right decision. He's changing the game on defense. He's bringing like physical. The thing about him that makes it so tough is, and I think this is the part where you really see it in the playoff series, is like the level of energy you have to expend just keeping him off the glass. I think that's something Draymond Green was not prepared for. No. And, you know, everyone, that was kind of like the thing where you could kind of get Golden State when Golden State goes to their, you know, quote-unquote death lineup is they don't have a lot of rebounding size with that death lineup. I mean, they have a lot of athletes. Curry's a pretty good rebounder for his size or a great rebounder. Iguodala's a good rebounder. Barnes is okay. But, like, they don't have someone to actually get rebounds. And so I really thought that a team could really, if, if they wanted to go to that death lineup, that's something you could really... I mean, you have to go for every offensive rebound against that team because yeah. it does a few, it stops the Golden State from getting in transition. If you can get the rebound, that's one way to stop a team from getting out in transition is they just don't have the ball. And then it allows you to control the pace. I never expected any team, though, to play this fast versus Golden State and succeed. It they seemed to me I, like it was insane. Yeah, yeah, that to me seemed like it was insane. Like, I was watching this, and it was clear that um, after, like, the third game that, Golden State needs to play slow versus Oklahoma City. They cannot play fast against this team. Well, remember that that one game when Sacramento tried to outfast them and we were all laughing? Yeah. We were on Twitter like, oh, yeah. Sacramento, how, how fucking stupid are they? Yeah. You're not going to be faster than Golden State. Oklahoma City's faster. They're faster and they're stronger and they're better to get to every loose ball. And it's, um, it's interesting because all of the turnovers and all of the miscues and all the bad possessions like all the missed layups that they had, all this, all, all the stuff that you were like, oh, like there's still like people on Twitter that are like, oh, well, you know, Golden State should be making these shots. I mean, these are just shots that should go in. And a lot of it is just them trying to force something fast because in the half court, they're not able to get open. They're not able to really get things going and they're not able to even get any, any separation in transition. So it reminds me, I tweeted this last night. It reminds me of the 04 finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When- I was going to say the same thing. And I don't think the Pistons were as good as they were in right. those last two rounds, but they could smell it. And they just went to another level and, and the cohesion they had and athletically. And they, and they just they were got just every like, ball. Yeah, they just got everything. And they were yeah. just like, we're going to bully you guys and, and we're just getting everything and you're not going to beat us. Yeah. And that started for OKC, I felt like, in, in the fourth quarter of game four. Mm-hmm. Carried over. Carried over in this series. They Game two, once they fell behind, they just kind of relaxed and they started to look like the OKC Kind of like, you know, guys standing around one-on-one, all the stuff that was driving us crazy. Those two games were so impressive. Golden State was never in those games. No, not at all. The, yeah. The last two I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. And and the other thing that I don't think people understand, and I only know this because I went to uh, a couple finals games there. It's really hard to play there when the crowd gets into it like that and the team is playing like that, it gets super loud. It almost hurts your head. Mm. Like, it, like I remember going, I think it was game three. I had a headache after. It was that loud, yeah. Yeah, I've it's only loud. Been to one, banging stuff. It's two just, games it's relentless. There. It's loud for sure. I went to a couple games in, in 2012 in, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, but yeah, the other thing though is that they haven't won yet. They're up three games to one. Well, that's why I want to talk about this. Yeah. There are some things Golden State could do for sure. I agree. Uh, and it's not like OKC, you know, they, they're killing them on the boards. Their defense has been great. Durant's only played one good game out of four. 
right? Yeah. Westbrook was his athleticism in three and four were incredible, but. I mean, Durant's what do you mean by good? Eight. You mean offensive? Offensively? Yeah, Durant's missing. It's not like he's been just lighting it up and shooting 60% from the field. He's been great two-way. Yeah, I he's think been amazing he, defensively. On the other end, that's the that's the part I always wanted from him, to watch him rebound and protect the rim and just kind of embrace being the four. But um, so so part of me is like, okay, so he can actually play better than this, which is scary. And the I other think part it's hard me, to play both sides, though. Like I think what you just said, he's played defensively like he's never played before. So, and now so he's going to gonna lose something on the And that's end. what you're seeing with Curry. Yeah. And people are like, oh, Curry's injured. He has to be hurt. I don't think he's hurt. I just think he's guarding Westbrook for like 25 minutes a night. And it's tiring the shit out of him. He's, he's possible. And if you look at how many rebounds, defensive rebounds, Curry has to go back and help on every single defensive rebound because Green's trying to hold down Adams and Westbrook is like crashing every board trying to get a rebound and Curry's got to box him out. That's tiring. I mean, that has to be tiring. And you can see it. And then on the other end, they're switching everything. So if they run a pick and now he's he's got past that guy, oh, no, he's got another guy to get past who's taller than the previous guy was guarding him. And so I think it is tough to... So for Durant, I think like you're, 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 it's going to be tough to see a player have like a great game defensively and a great game offensively. In the same game. Yeah, because it's just... Only LeBron can do that. Yeah, and then maybe like, you know, Durant could do it for sure. But I think he's played really good on offense if you look at the types of shots he's had like he's, he's having to carry been really good. Yeah, he's yeah. going to carry the offensive load i mean it's going to be tough for him to shoot 60% in a game just because they're throwing two guys at him every time my point was like westbrook was 4 for 8 from 3 in game 4 that's not that's not happening again in this series like he's a terrible three point shooter who just happens to be making it he's running hot them. yeah yeah he's, sure. <laughs> he's right waiters is another one he's hot and cold Some Robertson sh- is definitely hot and cold yeah, abaka's yeah. hot and cold there yeah. a lot of those guys that can you go know, quick. That can go away in game five, and all of a sudden, everyone's going one-on-one again, and people are standing around. I think what bodes really well for them is the same reason why I thought this series was going to go seven. Um, the rebounding is a huge thing. Yeah. You know, that game, the the key, I was like looking at what happened during the season. I don't think you can learn everything, but there's a couple things you can take away. And for them to be plus 30 rebounding in a game against Golden State, to me, was a huge red flag for Golden State, because... Yeah. I don't think people appreciate Westbrook's not getting 12 rebounds a game, but the pressure that he puts on those offensive rebounds, it kind of, and then when you have two other guys out there who are crashing, it's a, it's just something extra you have to worry about. There's nobody like Westbrook. Yeah. You There's know, no when team he's, that, when he's in the mode like that. Yeah. And there, this has been like, I think the best rebounding differential team in recent that I can remember maybe ever. I don't know. They're, they have a great defensive rebounding uh, ratio and a great offensive rebounding ratio. They're a good rebounding team. Um, uh, and so I think a lot of, and then I think some of it is some of the, some of the reason why they're really exploiting Golden State the way they are is because Golden State's kind of going to like this gimmick defense where they're, we're going to put, we're going to put our best player green on their worst offensive player, Roberson, and we're going to have them be a Rover. And how do you box anyone out when you're roving? Yeah. And so why are you, why are you taking all of these really elaborate steps? And then, so you have, it's kind of like the, the, they used to call the Kobe assist or the Allen Iverson assist where these guys would draw double teams and then just chuck it up there. And then guys would go and get the rebound and, and put it back. That was the Kobe assist. That's kind of what Oklahoma city is doing in some ways because Westbrook and Durant, when they have the ball are always getting two players. And so now the other players are, there's an odd, there's an odd man rebounding situation where especially when the player who's roving is your best defensive rebounder in green, he's the five when they when they go to the death lineup. And now he's roving. Who the fuck's gonna get the rebound? 
Well, and especially if Ibaka isn't just happy standing 25 feet from the basket like he did most of the season, and now he's actually running in for rebounds. Yeah. And it just seemed like the sea of arms all the time there, around the That's the thing rim. that's really that got me in the in the in the Spurs game is is in the Spurs series was just like it looked like you know the Spurs would run that weave and they just weren't ever getting like there's a couple of weave possessions they ran where they just ran the weave and just nothing was happening. Not only did nothing happen, yeah. but it looked like they were going backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just had one more, one more guy with big arms was there. So it was it's interesting. It's fun to watch. I'm, a lot of times with hoops, and it's not all the time, but it's most of the time. I do feel like these games are decided in the six feet around the rim. Sure. And, you know, you go back through series by series by series. I don't think last year's Golden State Cleveland was like that as much because Cleveland, you know, let's be honest, like that was a really well, that was a grinded team. out slow. Yeah, that was methodical. just I, I'd thrown that series out. It was just too weird. They they were playing a certain style that was a gimmick and Golden State figured ball. it out. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, if you're just going to lose those six feet like Golden State has in those first four games, now you have to just shoot the lights out. From That's going to be the only chance. And yeah. they've shot like shit. Yeah. I agree with you. I I don't know what the explanation is for Curry. And I, I don't know if his knee's bugging him a little bit. It seemed fine in game two. And I think we would have noticed in game three or game four if he tweaked it or something weird He wouldn't weird be happened. guarding Westbrook if he couldn't, if he couldn't move. Like that. Everyone's like, oh, look at Curry. He, he's laboring. He can't move. But he's staying in front of Westbrook a lot. He, to me, he looks psyched out, which is a different, different I mean, thing than being hurt. I mean, I don't. I, he's just missing shots. Like, well, sometimes people just miss shots, and then everyone, uh, gamblers, me, you, they look and they're like, they try to find a reason for it. Like, oh my, what, what is it? Is he hurt. psyched out? He's hurt. He's he's not he's not feeling the pressure. But sometimes the ball just doesn't go in, and then maybe you start feeding on that a little bit, and and it definitely start happens pressing. when you're making shots. Where you start like where you start feeling a little bit better about yourself, and then everything becomes a lot purer, and the shot becomes a lot purer. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not writing the team off just because I think there's lots of simple things that they could do to make adjustments. For one thing, I would not be if if their goal is to play Azili minutes, he needs to play the start of quarters, not the end of quarters, because when he plays the end of quarters, they're in the bonus and they're hacking him. So that's a very simple thing they could do. If they they're saying they want to play Azili, they're playing Azili. So do you need to start Bogut in that? Like, do you have to start Bogut then? Can you not start Azili because of that? Or can you at least bring Azili in earlier versus bring him at the end of quarters when they're just hacking him all the time? That seems like a pretty easy adjustment to make, right? Let's hold this thought okay. because I want Sorry. to talk about our, <laughs> our friends at Five Four Club. Uh, you might be busy like me. And Bob here. Very you, you might uh, be launching a TV show and a website in the same month. You don't have any time to shop. You might be doing all the stuff you do during the NBA playoffs, <laughs> which is like your your sweet spot in life. Uh, whether it's for the office, the club, your daughter's two-day soccer tournament, a dinner event, it doesn't matter. You just might not have time. Um, or you might be lazy as hell. Either way, if you hate shopping, 5-4 Club has you covered. They provide styling advice and recommendations. They'll make you a styling profile. They'll deliver clothes to your door every month in four style profiles, classic, casual, forward, and mix. Free shopping, direct delivery to your doorstep. Clothes come every month or so. It's only $60 a month. Go to 54 Club and use promo code BS at sign up. Get 50% off your first package, $120 worth of clothing for $30 for your first month package. I actually wore a green jacket they sent, and my daughter said, Wow, that's a nice jacket. Where'd you get that? Like she was surprised I I purchased something that she liked. There you and that go. Was, that was the five four club. All right, uh, back to the Golden State. So one of the reasons I I bet on this series to go seven. 
I don't think I told you that. No. I thought it was going to go seven. I really believed it in my heart. And I thought, okay, see, actually I had a chance maybe to win in seven. And the reason was because I, I thought this series for Draymond worried me because you can play that lineup of death. You can do that whole thing. But ultimately when the other team's crashing the boards like that, and if they're going to play him big minutes, just trying to fend people off. Yeah. It's time. I thought it was going to affect him. I didn't think it was going to affect him this soon. He was two for 16 in the last two games. But um, somebody at the Warriors who I, w- I was talking to before the series was telling me, like, we need Bogut. And I'm thinking, like, that's not a great sign. Like, I, like Bogut at this point in his career, I don't know if that's the guy you can count on. Like, if they're count- basically, if you're counting on Bogut and Azili to really win this series for you, that worries me. And that's why I, I just thought it was a bad matchup for them. Can't, do they have to play Bogut and Azili more? You said that you'd play Azili more in the beginning. Like, what would you do? Yeah, would I would play those. You have to play those guys, especially when Adams is out there. I mean, look, I would just play my vanilla defense, my the defense that I've played most of the year. Um, I would not try this rover strategy that they tried in the playoffs last year that worked versus Memphis, but Memphis didn't have a player who could cut off the basket. Like Roberson can cut. He yeah. you look how many baskets did Roberson get yesterday? Where he was cutting off, cutting off the basket, making a cut to the basket, cutting off his man, or just had nobody guarding him and went in and got a re- an uncontested rebound and put it back because there was nobody guarding him because they were roving. That right? was the old Tony Allen. Yeah. That's when Tony Allen kind of figured out how to do that. His career took sure. off. Yeah. He, so I, I would say that I would just play vanilla. You do have to play big. I don't think their death lineup is going to be like the, a lineup they can play for 20, 25 minutes a night anyways. Um I would and I would play slow. What they don't need to play fast. They're a better executing team in the half court. They run better sets. They have better plays. They have better bigs who can pass. You know, Bogut may not be in the player he was before, like you said, but he still is a good ball. He still sets great screens. He still makes good passes. He makes good passes to players who are cutting off the basket. They can run a lot of misdirection. They need to ball fake a little bit for this team who's overplaying every passing lane. Yeah, make them pay a little bit for that. Uh, well, and they've then, been sloppy all year, and and you definitely saw it yesterday. It was just yeah, lazy I think passes, I think all that stuff. They're they've always, I mean, they've they've always been a team that is has made you know they've always passed the ball around and tossed it around, and had some turnovers. But you can't turn it over again. Like you can turn it over against the Grizzlies, you can turn it over against the Cavs, you can turn it over against even the Spurs. You're not turning it over against a team that has Westbrook out there on the floor because that's just two points fast down your throat immediately as soon as you turn it over. Well, you've been. I mean, you've been following this stuff forever. You can look at this one of two ways. Like, I watched a ton of Golden State this year. Whenever they were in a position like they were last night, either Draymond just went to another level and just had one of those alpha dog Draymond games, or Clay and Curry got hot, or one of them got hot, or somebody started making threes. Clay got hot yesterday. Clay got 19 straight points for the team. Yeah, and OKC survived it. That Mm -hmm. was a really bad sign. Yeah. Um, The Draymond alpha dog thing, I don't think it's happening in this series. There's just too many big bodies. So that leaves Curry. Yeah. And you saw Curry in game two. It was just like, I'm, I'm winning this game right now. And he just went on one of those Curry runs, and that was it. Uh, the difference this time with this team that they're playing, there's just no fear at all. The way, I've, I honestly think Westbrook believes he's better than Steph Curry, and he's playing like it pisses him off. Yeah. He, I think he looked, and I think Chris Paul does the same thing. I look at Steph Curry, and they're like, Really? You you guys are saying this guy's better than Jordan? Like, I'm better than this guy right now, and that's how he plays. I, I'm not saying it's true or not true. No, right. I mean, it's definitely not he true. he believes it. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, look, it's he should believe it. He's all these guys are really fucking amazing athletes. They're yeah. they they're the best in the world at what they do. And there's no, I mean, if he wants to think he's better than Steph Curry, that's great. And I don't think there's anyone who could say that he's not and, 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 and have actually, I mean, look, Curry's a great player. There's things Westbrook can do that Curry can't do. And there's obviously things Curry can do that Westbrook or no one else in the world can he do. He destroyed him in those two games. I mean, that, yeah, that but was like a 10-8 boxing round. Yeah, but now, it's two games. now Curry's got to get back. And he's got to get back, yeah. And, you know, I think that there's things they can do to get him going a little bit. Um, it's a lot different. I'd like to see this Oklahoma City team um, I mean, they scored 72 points or 74 points in two straight games in the first half. Yeah, that's some, some ridiculous number. Unusual. It hasn't happened yeah. in 29 years. Yeah. And so I would just, it's, it's going to be different. They have to win one more game and they have one game at home to do so. So uh, if Golden State wins the next game, it's 3-2. That's a lot of pressure on Oklahoma City. It's a lot of pressure on Golden State too, of course. But I feel like, I think like this is the game that can kind of turn the series a little bit for Golden State, where if Golden State can just win this game at home, now they're in a situation where there's n- I don't think Oklahoma City wants to go back to Golden State for a game seven. So there's a lot of pressure in some ways. Tate and I were talking before uh, before we started this. I was saying 35 years ago, the 81 Celtics, and we had season tickets, so I went to all these games. They're down 3-1 to Philly, come back game five, win game six in Philly, win game seven. One of the great three-game sequences in the history of the league. But the difference that time around, that series was close every game. Yeah, this one has not been. This this was two blowouts, and yeah. that would be what worries me. And that's why once I they feel blew like them out once at home as well. Yeah, this, it, OKC kind of once once that game was out of control, they punted it. You could see it. You know? Yeah, that's why I'm not too worried about that. But but there's I, a big there's a big there's a big like compounding effect of like everything that happens in in the, like with this matchup, where when Golden State misses a shot. Oklahoma City's way more likely to score on the next ensuing possession. Yeah. So, like, a lot happens when Golden State makes shots, and a lot ch- it changes things. Now you're not looking at Westbrook fast-breaking it because they got to take the ball out of the basket. Yeah. And so it, it really, I mean, this sounds like, I, you know, I, I feel like Barkley or something when I say this, but it really <laughs> comes down to making shots for Golden State. Well, and it's it comes, a seesaw. Yeah. yeah uh, you make a shot, you score, and they can't fast-break. It yeah. It's a four-point Oklahoma swing. City hasn't, aside from the... We're going to clear out and have Westbrook like just attack and then have someone cut to the basket, which, by the way, is a pretty fucking good play. Uh, and the offensive rebound, and they haven't really had a lot of success in the half court off of makes or off of dead ball possessions versus Golden State. So this is a question of like, okay, this, this, this Golden State team talked about themselves as being the most advanced, the most intelligent, the most light years ahead franchise in the history of the NBA. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah, and I think so now it's like, okay, so you believe this, and maybe they have the right to believe this. Now let's see how you react. What are you going to do? Is your coach going to make the right adjustments? Are you going to be able to do something to stem this? You know, can you maybe go a half without giving up 74 points? Would that, that would be nice in the first half, see if they can do that. Um, and that's why playoff basketball to me is like the greatest ever. I mean, this, when, is, this is exciting. It was shit in the first can round. Can you imagine how much fun we'd be having if we bet OKC 4-1 before the playoffs? be having yeah be having fun can i ask you a question this is important the last time you were on the podcast you said there was a way to beat golden state but you wouldn't tell us what it was i feel like now okc is up 3-1 i think you can tell us but i just feel like it's a secret sauce you wouldn't i mean but i think it's it's it'd be like pretty lame for me to be like oh yes no either way that's what i said like i just feel like if i didn't tell you before before i don't think it's okay to say it now like basically i i just think it would be it'd be like so they're doing some of the things like basically I thought there's three things that you needed to do. 
Okay. Let's hear I, them. I could, well, I could say the one thing that I did not think was play fast. That was not yeah. in the recipe for sure. That yeah. was actually, I wanted teams to play really slow. Um, but definitely crashing the glass against them was, uh, was definitely a pretty big component of it. This team switches everything. This team being Golden State, they switch everything. They play small. They play this death lineup. And they want to run off of misses. And I think teams just were so concerned with getting back in transition versus them that they just completely punted all offensive rebounds and completely ignored it. And I think that was a, that's a big mistake versus this team. You can so that, that, beat so this So the team. OKC, the 62-32 to 32 rebounding game that Curry made the 35-footer to win it, you felt like there were weird lessons in there. Yeah, that's something that you could... I felt like the Spurs could capitalize on this because the Spurs are big. I felt like... Oklahoma City could capitalize on it. And I felt like just any team that decided they wanted, like a lot of teams are like, oh, we need to match up and go small with, 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 to match up with Golden State. But if you look at how Oklahoma City's going small to match up, it's with a 6'10 super freak with the longest arms I've ever seen. Yeah. So they're not really going small. He's playing about as well on both ends yeah. as he's ever played. And they have the best rebounding point guard in the NBA. So are they really, they're really going small? Uh, it's interesting. It's, they are because they're they're taking out their huge big big lineup, but um, but yeah. So that was that. There's that was a big component of it for sure. This crashing the boards, really making them pay for these switches, um, and then there's like some other types of offensive stuff that I would have wanted teams to do. And I don't know. It just it seems like I said it was. It's it's a little disingenuous for me to say now after a team is already having success because I could just make it's shit not up. disingenuous. I I knew I knew you'd give an honest answer. Yeah. Here's another another question that I want an honest answer for. You're starting a team. Would you rather have Stephen Adams or James Harden? <laughs> uh, I'll take Harden. Really? Yeah. I think it's an argument now. Yeah, and it's an I argument. think I've probably written more words about how bad the Harden trade was than anyone with a platform. Right. And the now, Harden trade still was bad. It still was bad. He was the number two MVP last year. Yeah. That's bad. The reason, but Adams has made that has saved that from being but, one of the worst NBA trades ever. But people always, always, it was a draft pick. It wasn't Stephen Adams. They, you can buy those. So you're draft. saying it could have been Kelly Olynyk. It could have been, yeah. Or you could buy the. I mean, for a while, Robert Sarver was just selling those Stephen Adams draft picks. <laughs> I mean, right. you, you you could get those without having to give up James Harden. Would be my point. It's kind of like the Gasol trade. Everyone talks Great about point. the Gasol the, the Gasol trade. Like, oh, people thought it was such a bad trade, but look, look at Marc Gasol. Yeah, Marc Gasol was a throw-in in that trade. Mm. You can't take like a situation where a player that neither nobody in the league values and you could get for basically nothing, and then it's not like Presti was like, okay, we're gonna make the trade because there's a guy in New Zealand. And I want to get one more bullet in my gun for this draft pick. Yeah. It wasn't, they could have gotten a draft pick another way without giving up James Harden if they wanted to. If their owners weren't, these are all great points. Weren't so cheap, they could have I just bought a draft Steven pick. I still love Steven Adams. Yeah. So would you, I mean, the trade is still bad because of that for okay. sure. And they could have had both if they really were smart. I mean, they, yeah. kept, they could have gotten another year of Harden and then, then made the same trade. Basically. Or they could have just like traded someone for a draft pick. Yeah. Or bought one. Um, Golden State kind of was the new era team. I love how this is an entire podcast on one series. It's so great. No, we're switching in a second. (laughs) Okay. Basketball Twitter, Golden State, this was Nirvana. This is where basketball is going. Yeah. I never really bought that, though. Well, now OKC is doing bully ball, and they just have great players, and and they're probably going to win the series. I never thought it would be Oklahoma City, but I thought the Spurs could beat Golden State. I probably would have been betting the Spurs in every game versus Golden State. I don't think the Spurs could really score against Golden State, which was a problem. 
But I didn't think that Golden State was going to just go in and just completely <coughs> crush the Spurs. I thought that that was a, a series that maybe they wouldn't win the series, but you could make money by betting because you'd be getting the games they lose. I feel like San Antonio would have covered. They would have been getting eight points, seven points, six points, and probably losing by less than that. So, so you think the Spurs are watching this series going, what, what's their takeaway like that they should have done in round two as they watch this? What would they have done differently? Just gone bigger the whole time, crashed the boards, not worried about No, they should have they should have they they should have um tried to attack Cantor more and then I think they would have had a better they the Spurs look, the Spurs probably weren't gonna win the series. But it's just interesting, like they what they should have done is they should have tried to generate better looks on offense in some ways, and maybe that's just hard. But if you look at like the first game they crushed them, they were all mid range shots. Yeah, that was like their big thing, the mid range, and they continued that for the entire series. And it's kind of like they like if you only looked. This is the crazy thing: if you only looked at this year's playoffs and you were evaluating coaches and you didn't know anything about what happened, you just pop came, pop wouldn't come. You out would well. think, yeah, you'd think Popovich. You'd you'd be calling him like some triangle moron, like who's taking like you'd think he's the guy. He's like Whitman. Just they they had the most long twos of any team in the playoffs, and they also had it in the in the regular season too. I thought he did some really strange things in that series. And I, you know, it coaching's really hard. I think we're probably way too hard on yeah, coaches. Yeah. What else are we going to be? Hard? We're, yeah. not gonna, we're not going to be like, Oh, I want to be Russell Westbrook because look at, I can do that too. I can do a turnaround jumper, yeah, better than Russell Westbrook. but you can sit sit on a bench and think you can coach. It's, it's, it's reasonable to think you can coach. Well, the it's other probably thing, not true, but it's reasonable to think that. I do think the announcers don't ever talk about coaching. So there is a void for us to talk about it because like, and this is, I love Van Gundy and he's a great guy. I think it's crazy how much time he spends talking about the refs versus not talking about coaches. Well, he's in the to coaching me, fraternity. Well, He'll never say a bad thing about right. it. Right, and so is Mark Jackson. But when you're watching these games and they're just refusing to talk about coaching decisions and coaching mistakes and all that stuff, but every referee thing is just right. dissected like, to think, the T. I think, I don't know, I think Van Gundy does talk about, like, I would do this, maybe, or they should look at this, or you can't do that. or you. I, I think they do a little bit of it. But they but, would never criticize Popovich during that series. No, no I, but it's hard. I would. I wouldn't even criticize Popovich. Neither would you. I mean, it's just like. Oh, I would. Because they at, cost me money, so I'm not okay. Yeah, that then that's I maybe I would too if they cost. Right, if they cost me money, I probably would too. Ten to one, I had them. Sure. And we could add OKC at forty to one. It could have been our greatest combined bet we ever did. That would have been they a were, good they, one. They, if San Antonio and Golden State weren't winning the title, I would have. It would have, then it's okay. There are only four teams that could win the title. Yeah. I still don't believe Toronto can win the title. I'm sorry, no, Toronto. Toronto's not winning the title. Actually, let's talk about that series in a second, but we got we to gotta pay uh, homage. Hold on. Okay. We're going to talk about the Cavs series in one second, but uh, a quick break to talk about our friends at Sling TV. I really hope you haven't spent the NBA playoffs figuring out which one of your friends will invite you over to watch games or saving up to spend a wad of cash on drinks so you can watch at a sports bar. Do you do that, Tate? Oh, Tate's nodding. Uh, oh, and I really hope you haven't been wasting hours every night looking for a shady live stream because there's a better, cheaper option. It's Sling TV. It's the best way to watch live TV on your turf. 20 bucks a month, you get more than 20 live channels, including ESPN and TNT for the NBA playoffs, uh, plus your favorite entertainment and news, a whole bunch of great channels. You can even add channel packs like Sports Extra Package for just $5 a month extra. No installation, no extra gear, no annual contracts, and an easy online cancellation. You just need an internet connection, and you're ready to go. Start watching for seven days free at sling.com slash Simmons and get Sling TV on your favorite device. Restrictions do apply. All right, 
I use Sling TV. Yeah, Sling TV's great. I do. When I travel, it works pretty good. Cavs, Raptors. Is there any way LeBron... All right, let's say that there's three more games in this series. I'm going to say LeBron has 78 field goal attempts or free throw attempts in those three games. There's no way they're not having the Cavs in the finals. They're going to do whatever. LeBron, it's like if you look at him cross-eyed, probably a flagrant one. I don't think they do that anymore. You stare at him for two seconds. It's a flagrant one. Yeah, I don't He's know. He's going to put his head down and go to the basket, and they're going to call fouls. And that's how this is going to go because we're not ending up with Oklahoma City, Toronto. That would be something. Then LeBron is like Shaq. It's like every play could be a foul. Every time he goes to the basket, it could be a foul, it could be a charge. Like it's just, it's however you want to interpret it. So I just think, I think LeBron goes, I think he has 40 points and shoots 25 free throws. I mean, look, five. there's no, there are, I think, 11 or 10 point, 10 and a half point favorites tonight. So it's not, it's not like they're not expected to win. So I, I don't know. I don't think it would be fair to say that. Oh, they, the ref, they're supposed to draw fouls. I mean, LeBron's a great foul drawer. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not really big on the whole. The league wants this team. To, I know. I, I, don't I, I used it to be that way, like and saying. I and I think that that is was a reasonable way to believe things because I don't think David Stern was the most honorable person <laughs> to ever <laughs> to ever be a commissioner of a sports Come league. On. You know. Um, could be wrong. I don't think in the Adam Silver, I don't I don't think they care about this stuff, but I do think what happens is the coaches start sending the stuff to the league and the league tells the refs like, hey, watch out for this, watch out Can for this. Can they send someone send a memo to the league for Dwayne Casey being on the court clapping his hands in the ears of players shooting three pointers? Can yeah, they that do that? Does it, yeah, that's one of your pet peeves. <laughs> I hate that more than anything. The coach the coaches and the twelfth men interfering it's just with the action. So Bush League. So here's why I think you can't just pencil Cleveland into the next round. They're not very good defensively. No, they have no. They have a lot of like below no average rim. defensive players. They have no rim protection whatsoever, and it, that's where I think the light went off for Toronto. And we're like, wow, we can actually just drive and kick and drive and kick, and then just kick and drive. And um, do you think there's you no could rim score protection? Twenty points on Kyrie Irving? No. <laughs> could you get you to might 15? be able to? <laughs> what? I think oh, five I, years ago I could have taken him off the dribble at least no. once. No. <laughs> I could, I could, I'm not sure what I could beat him at, but it wouldn't be anything involving I've basketball. I've never seen anybody less interested in, in even being a passable defender at point guard. He's just not interested. He's I don't know not, if it's, it's not like, interested. It's like, it's... I didn't sign up for this. I'm, I'm here to shoot threes. I'm not interested in defense. Yeah. Thanks, he, anyway. I'm going to make a token of attempt to cut over this pick and roll here. Yeah. He's not ever really engaged on defense. And it doesn't look like he should be a bad defender if you looked at him. He doesn't, yeah. you know, he doesn't look like he should be a bad defender. FYI, Russell Westbrook really wasn't playing defense that much all season. Right. He kind of was occasionally interested in it, and now he's playing out of his mind. But in the Spurs series, like he was just taking entire quarters off. He wasn't even trying. Uh, he does that, though, sometimes. It's weird. He's, it's, I don't know if it's a case of him taking plays off or he just his mind starts working in a weird way where he gets his chip on his shoulder. Or maybe that's how he rests because he's Possibly. an alien. Yeah. But uh, Zach did a good job of pointing out um, – when Love and Kyrie are together, the Raptors just figured out, like, this is great. Let's take advantage of these two guys. It's amazing. Who are they guarding? Oh, it's all right. Well, you guys, and then everyone's just taking turns torching them. That's where LeBron has to be, if he and if he wants to go down as being one of the greats of all time, which he is, obviously. But that's where, if, if he wants to have another run at it, he's got to bring it upon himself to be the rim protector. Because they, it's not going to be Tristan Thompson. It's not going to be Mozgov. It's not going to be Channing Frye. It could be Channing Frye. He's not a bad defender. Um, yeah, but you can't play Channing Fry with Kyrie, with J.R. Smith, 
with Richard Jefferson. Like at well, some point, definitely you're just not, not with Richard Jefferson. Points. Yeah, you're just gonna give up points every time. Yeah, the I, fry was a nice little wrinkle for them, and then he stuck with it. I thought the last four minutes of his coaching in Game Four, Ty Lue, Oh, Ty Lue. was what was among the worst four minute stretches anyone's had in the playoffs. It was really bad. Yeah, there. It's interesting though because I do think they've a lot of coaching is just how hard do the players want to play for you. That's a yeah, lot of coaching. You're seeing it now with OKC, and you, and you see you see it with the with the Cavs though too. I mean, the Cavs didn't want to didn't like playing for Blatt for whatever reason, and maybe it's that players meet that meeting that Blatt conducted with. LeBron, where Blatt was naked except for wearing a towel, or he said, "Did you read about this?" Where he called him into his office, and he had just gotten out of the Blatt had just gotten out of the shower and called him into his office and just had like a towel draped around his body. He was soaking wet, and they just sat there and had a conversation. And LeBron's like, "That man's only wearing a towel." Sounds like basic instinct. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. So I don't know. It was just there's a disconnect. I feel like the players don't have that same disconnect with Tyloo, so they're playing a little bit harder. That team is at the same time. It's kind of a. It's a roster that doesn't make sense, and they made it work the best they can make it work. But really, LeBron is a power forward at this point in his life. Yeah. The same way OKC has thrived with Durant at the four in this round three. I like when LeBron plays the four, and they spread him out, and now you need a rim protector with that, and yet they just have three other just, power forwards. Yeah, and then, and then Tristan Thompson is just undersized. He's like Draymond Green without Draymond Green's like in terms of size. He's about Draymond Green's size, and not as not as big, just not very tall. And he makes sense in certain series, but then you put him with Biombo, and Biombo is just gonna do better than him because Biombo is out of his mind right now, yeah, and is kind of the Tristan Thompson kryptonite. So you said the worst four minutes you have ever seen a coach coach. No, not ever. I just right. I thought it, was it ranked among around, for me, among the worst stretches. So for me, it was I don't know if it was game three or game. I believe the game that went to overtime when the, when the Raptors were up seven before it went to the game, went ended up going to overtime. Miami won in overtime, but the Raptors were up seven oh, with yeah. about Dwayne five Casey. minutes left. And, yeah. Dwayne, and, and, and Miami went small with Winslow at the five and Casey was like, okay, we need to go small. And he took out Biombo and basically yeah. Miami's entire offense revolved around getting rebounds, getting to the paint, getting layups. And they came back and won the game in overtime. I thought that was a really poor decision, but the great thing about Casey has been this year is like, even if you want to say every first instinct he's had has been wrong, which I think you could maybe make that argument, <laughs> every second instinct he's had, yeah. he's been so quick to make the adjustment and fix it. So it's kind of cool. Frank um, Vogel lost his job for one of the worst stretches of the playoffs. That I, I really think game five, I think Larry Bird watched game five when they blew that big lead and they didn't make any adjustments as, as Toronto came back. Right. Toronto, I think Larry Bird was like, I can't watch this anymore. I just want another coach. Give me well, another coach. He's he's gonna experience what that roster is really because the, the Toronto was so much better. The talent on Toronto's team oh, yeah. is so much better than the Pacers that for them to even be able to compete in that spot was a you know combination of nerves from Toronto and poor shooting from DeRozan and, and Lowry and and just I think game plan from Vogel. I think they, they did a pretty good job of game planning. I mean, he went I to his like bench Vogel. too much. I like Vogel too. I think Vogel in Orlando is going to be, that team is going to be fun to watch. They're going to be exciting. They're you know not going to compete for anything for a while, but he's a, he's a, he's a good coach. There's lots of coaches who are really, really good. Yeah. And then there's coaches who I think are like not good, terrible. And then the rest are kind of like in the middle. And he's I wanted above Vogel in the to middle. go to Houston because Offensively, I was never that impressed with them, but Harden could just handle the offense, and Vogel's good at all the other stuff. But yeah. Orlando will be fun because we've Houston never really gonna... seen him with creators. No, 
Who is Houston going to hire as a coach? This is the most ridiculous thing ever. This There's a lot of Mike D'Antoni buzz. I mean, <laughs> no, there is, but it's just like I'm reading they want to interview like the James Borrego, who basically yeah, you weren't a fan of his. He wasn't a terror. He he he's not. A, I mean, I'm sure he could be good. I don't know, but he wasn't as an intern. He wasn't very good in Orlando. Didn't really seem like he doesn't look like he's got the gravitas of the team. He's not really making the players play. But it's interesting. I just think like. This is a like. Do you think so? My question is: Do you think James Harden's going to look at the whoever the coach is and be like, you, they need to have someone who's basically going to tell James Harden or whoever else they decide if they get rid of Dwight Howard? They need a coach who, who actually is going to command presence in the locker room, and maybe that's Borrego, maybe it's Steven Silas, maybe it's, it's I guess Steven Silas is out of the running now. Um, I would want Dan that Tony. job. I was so happy Tibbs. Um, he picked the right team. It was the smart pick yeah. going to Minnesota. It's like you can build something. And he gets to I be have the a president franchise of player. Operations. Yeah, he's in charge of who's running it. God. What, what, what an a unbelievable spot. gig. Yeah. What he's a got spot. Towns. I think Wiggins. I'm not sure if Wiggins is the number two, but he's definitely, he could be your third best guy in a title team. Yeah. Uh, and you have the chance to build something. You got another lottery pick. You mm-hmm. have cap space. And I really believe in Towns. I, I think. Yeah, I love could you Towns. Not? Towns had probably the best rookie season. I mean, oh my god! I, there, there's like, if you were starting a franchise from scratch, and Towns is in the conversation. Yeah, of course. Would Just you because rather have Towns age. or Davis? I'd rather have Towns. I think I'd rather have Towns too because yeah. he's he's younger. He's Davis just not injury, not as injury up. prone, yeah, and he's had a lot of injuries. He's just more. He's just more natural. He has like a more natural fit in the league. Towns is just a natural center. Like yeah. Towns is already doing the things that everyone says that Anthony Davis needs to develop. Like in terms of Jazz Davis needs to develop his jump shot. He needs to develop. Towns already has all that. He already has all the polish. Um, he's more skilled. He's not as you know as freakish in terms of nobody is. But I'll take the guy who's. I mean, I think Towns could be like a have a very Tim Duncan like career with like way more offensive polish. I was gonna say like like C Web with the Tim Duncan DNA a little bit. Yeah. That would be the like he's he's very C Webby sometimes. He's just, and then you just would you just hear him talk. He just he's, he's great. Nine, he's like nineteen going on thirty five. He's more great mature guy. than I am and I'm forty. Yeah, that he'll 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 be there. He'll say he'll be there for twenty years and that's yeah. a, I hope you and I are both big tips fans. I, I can't yeah. wait to see him. I thought he did miracles with that Chicago team. Yeah. Maybe that he almost won a playoff series. Did he win the playoff series with Nate Robinson or they lost in seven? I can't even remember. Versus who? Remember that? It was the Bulls net series when Nate Robinson was the Bulls crunch type guy. And they <sighs> almost won. I think they I, don't I think remember. they ended up losing in seven. But yeah. um all right, wait, back to Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland wins the title. I think whoever comes out of OKC Golden State, I, th- I think the Western fire, the, whoever comes out of the West is just going to win. I, I don't believe in Cleveland. I don't think they're good enough defensively. I think it would be really strange. They'd have to shoot the way they shot versus Atlanta. Maybe not that good because that was otherworldly good. From right, three. that's your scenario. They make 17 threes a game. I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, it's. I mean, they have the guys who can make them, and they're definitely open shots that they're getting. They're they're not. I mean, it's possible, but yeah, they they would need to have a superhuman performance from LeBron, who doesn't make jump shots anymore, who really only scores in the paint. Yeah, yeah. who remember that year when uh, the second Miami title year when he was just what was he, he was like sixty percent from the field for most of the season. It was like he had. He'd moved to this higher level of basketball where every sh- it was like every shot he took, he wanted it to be a high percentage shot that went in, and he was at 
I don't know, 61% in February or something. And people are like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. This guy's a higher species. That that guy, it's year 13. He's not the same guy, but he's 90% the same guy. Yeah. And he's still able to play 46, 47 minutes in a playoff game and then come back two nights later and play 44. It's There's amazing. There's never been anyone like this guy. No, it's amazing. It's, yeah. I, I would not, uh, I mean, I would not count. I mean, I would not. The thing about LeBron is 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 the 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 teams that have really beat him in the finals, he's lost a lot in the finals, obviously. Yeah. Um, are teams that he played teams that really game planned really, really effectively against them, did things. Uh, I don't see, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see a, a situation where he's going to get to the finals and have like the ability to beat Golden State or, or Oklahoma City just because they're just way better. The teams are way better. But I also don't really, I'm also not really thinking that if he gets to the finals, it's going to be a complete, blowout either i mean they competed last year and he did so with della vadova mm. tristan thomas i don't even remember thompson. tristan thompson sorry uh just a bunch of scrubs i mean in golden state got super tight in those first couple of games draymond who's on the podcast even admitted it they yeah. just a moment caught them and i think that's what happened in oklahoma city these last two games i think it was a little bit of a that's possible douglas tyson slash Oh, four Lakers when the Pistons were just coming and coming and the Lakers, you know, they win game two on the crazy Kobe three that goes to overtime and they win an OT and they're like, we got this. It's fine. And Detroit was just, you know, they were like Clubber Lang, Rocky three. Like they were just ready. I think the thing that's like key for them is I don't think they ever, ever expect to lose. And so Golden State. Yeah. And so when they and, and they definitely after they won game two, I don't think they ever really expected that now they're going to go into Oklahoma City and just get throttled like that. Do you and, see what Curry said after the game? Mm-mm. He was like, "He was like, we'll be fine. We're, we've been in. You oh yeah, know, I did see that. We're a great team. Yeah. He was like, we're a great team. We we're going to respond. Well, I actually saw that, and it, I it, I saw the I watched all the pressers, and incidentally, the one the, the guy who impressed me the most was my favorite coach, Billy Donovan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but Kerr, when if you watch the Kerr presser again. And just watch it with, like, does he believe what he's saying? Like, it, it didn't strike me that he, like, I think he does, I think, like, he wants to, but I just, it just felt like he, like, there was doubt there. Like, fuck. Well, How he could not be doubt? They're down three games to one. I mean. Because he knows that's the six feet around the rim. They're not controlling. Yeah. And he knows, like, even though those Bulls teams, which had Luke Longley and Bill Wennington, all those guys, ultimately, they always controlled that six feet just with Jordan and Pippen and Rodman. Sure. And just, like, a wave of just roll guys. But they were always able to control that territory except for the one time in the Orlando series when Shaq and Horace Grant, which the league has now scraped from, there's no, yeah. no you'll never see those games on hardware classic, but Shaq and Horace Grant just bullied them. Right. And I think he's starting to probably worry that they're just getting bullied a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they are getting bullied, but they can, I mean, look, they, if they get the types of looks that they have generated all year, they should be able to. They should be able to get good looks against this Oklahoma City team. That is a good defense. They are playing good defensive scheme. They're switching everything. That was like the thing that basically the Spurs did this. Like when the game that went was like eighty eight, eighty six, or something like that. Yeah. Whatever that game was, they said sort of switch everything. That was like the first team that really had success using that strategy. And then every team that Golden State played for like the next week or two weeks or three weeks did that. Minnesota switched everything. Boston switched everything. Um, Teams that never, like Minnesota not only, Minnesota switched everything not only in that game, but actually made it like their go-to defense for the rest of the season. Like this defense works. It's like, oh, wow, when you can actually 
incorporate this principles and you have, I mean, Houston does it, but Houston doesn't have the players who can actually switch and then, and then follow through. They're not awake. Yeah. But it's interesting. So, uh, I, I think they can get the looks that they need to get. I don't know that they'll win the series. I think obviously they're uh, right now. It's not looking very, I'm going to game five. Are you really? I thought about it. I looked at I feel tickets. Like there's real history. What day is that? It's, it's Thursday night. What's what, what, what day of the month is it? Uh, 27. No, it's tomorrow. 26. 26. Yeah. Yeah. I might go to that. It's, there's real history, man. Like either Who are you this going is with? A, huh? Who are you going with? I'm going into uh I'm going in with somebody that works with me here. Oh, okay. I yeah. wanna yeah, I wanna get um I can't I don't know if my girlfriend will be back in town by then. She's coming back from from, from some yoga retreat. I don't, that would be some <laughs> yoga retreat. Yeah. It's real history, man. Like Golden State could just this is the eighteen and one Pats, but even worse, because at least the eighteen and one Pats made the Super Bowl. So tomorrow's the twenty sixth? Yeah. And then if OKC, like this could be the Westbrook Durant, like if you're the NBA, what story is a better story for you in the finals? I almost feel like it's Westbrook and Durant. How These are two you... of the biggest stars in the league, and they have actually a chance to play LeBron for the title now again. I don't know. I, I think don't know I think I think whoever comes out of the West is a good story for the for the. Oh, league. they they can't lose. Cannot lose. Better than the Spurs, actually, for sure. Can I can I admit something to you? Mm-hmm. In the third quarter of Game Four against the Spurs. I really, I, that was the first time I really allowed myself to think about Durant in Boston. Oh, really? They were getting all snippy with each other in the huddles. The body language is terrible. It just felt like everybody hated Russell Westbrook. Everybody was out for themselves. And I was thinking like, we might get him. Like, this might be it. Like, we, like he might just be like, I'd rather go to the East. Because the East is, I mean, East if you're a superstar, yeah, you want to go, go to the, the East. East. Don't travel as far. Yeah. You, you, you get to play the Raptors in the, way, in the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. The Celtics almost won in round one. We had like four guys. Yeah. Jared Sollinger taking threes. Yeah, the East is watered down for If sure. I was a superstar, I'd be like, I'm going to the, I got, I got Minnesota coming. I got this Golden State juggernaut. I got Pop. I, I, get me to the East. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm worried about Miami if, if Bosch retires and Riley is just so resilient with how he just keeps reinventing that team yeah. that uh, that he's just going to end up with somebody is my fear. But, but can, remember but anyway, how everyone said the East was think, so strong this year? Every, on my Twitter, oh, all everyone was telling me about how, oh, the West is terrible. The East is where they're, all the teams in the East. Look at the winning records of the teams in the East. And I was like, okay, great, awesome. But do you really think like Charlotte is going to beat Oklahoma City? Or, I mean, or or the Spurs or Golden State or even there's, yeah, there's even really Utah. only it comes down to you need a couple of the guys, yeah. you know, like and that's why the Clippers season was so disappointing because Clippers, we forgot about the Clippers. Yeah, because I thought Blake kind of hit that level last year in the playoffs. I thought he he hit that final level for me. Chris was already there, and to not have them in this playoffs just to remove that team completely was a bummer. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Chris Paul and Blake Griffin play this play this uh, Warriors team in round two instead of the Blazers. I think they could have beaten them if Curry wasn't healthy, but we'll never know. No, now, we'll uh, never know. I mean, if Curry wasn't healthy, the, the, the if I mean, if Curry was out, uh, there wasn't very many teams in the West that Golden State was going to beat. I would have sat him for the whole Portland series. They were just, they weren't winning that. The Portland wasn't winning that series. And yeah. I know Curry came back and we had a great moment, but I just don't understand the reason. Uh, all right, thanks to Slink TV. Remember, no installation, no extra gear, no annual contracts, no BS. All you need is an internet connection, and you could be watching more than 20 live channels, including the third round of the NBA playoffs on ESPN and TNT. Uh, start your seven-day free trial at sling.com Simmons. 
for the best of life to be on your favorite device. Restrictions apply. Thanks again to 5-4 Club, a $60 a month high-end clothing membership that will provide you with stylish clothes bound to make you stand out in the crowd. Go to 5-4 Club and use promo code BS at sign up for 50% off your first package. That is $120 worth of clothing for $30 for your first month's package. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, theringer.com. Thanks to HBO for launching my new TV show, Any Given Wednesday, on June 22nd. And don't forget about our new Ringer MLB show, which you can subscribe to now on iTunes, SoundCloud, everything else. Uh, Who are you picking to win the title? Or you you can't say? I don't know. Yeah, you sway it. What's that? You sway, you, you're always afraid you're going to sway the game. No, I mean, I, I, it happens for sure. Especially because like, I, I, if I, yeah, I don't know. We should have bet OKC 40 to 1. Probably. Ah. Why didn't we talk this out? I don't know. We should talk talked it was, out. When, when did they, I it mean. It could have been one of our great bets. Could have been a great one. We knew they had the talent. We could have had enough money to go to this game five. Where, where court sides are going to be like $25,000 because it's Silicon Valley. It's such a joke. Well, Joe, Joe Lacob, I just want to, I just want to give him a hug if I see him. He's got to regret that story. I don't think he's the type of If you of guy were one of the 10 would, best blackjack players in the world, would you brag about this? First of all, it's blackjack. There's no best yeah. 10 players yeah. in the world. The house it's wins like, in blackjack. No, but it's not that. It's just like there's like basically the difference between the greatest black black player in the world and like someone who knows how to count cards and hmm. and do like basic strategy. Because you need basic strategy, counting cards, and maybe you want to be really advanced. You can like tr- shuffle track. Like yeah, there that's like a that's like an afternoon course. Like <laughs> this isn't like any skill that this isn't chess. It's not even poker. It's not. It's just like there's no such thing as one of the top ten. They're all anyone has the same talent. Anyone with ba- who can fucking count knows how to be a great blackjack player. With all <laughs> it was that so said, crazy. <laughs> I think I'm one of the ten best drunk back blackjack players it's ever. Possible. I think I am. I'd put my if there was a drunk blackjack contest. I think I'm, I would I, be. There's in good not shape. even like a, a corollary to how stupid that statement is. Like. <laughs> Because it's blackjack. It's like, it's not, it's, there's no strategy. It's just like, it's basic UK. You need to know when to do this. Okay, great. I learned that. They sell the cards in the, in the gift shops. And then you have to be able to count, which is hard. But once you learn how to do it, my ex-girlfriend learned how to do it. And like, she bought a DVD. Yeah. And I would say that she probably would be like. She's like the one of the fifteen best blackjack players. She's for sure in the top. She's 20. Not as good as Joe Lacob. <laughs> She's in the top twenty. After watching Poor Joe Lacob, I really believe in karma, and I think it was. Uh, I, I Chuck and I argued about this on the podcast. I, I just when things are going great, don't brag about them uh, to that degree, and don't, especially and don't when take credit for Steph Curry, when, who was already there when you. Especially bought the when you have a transcendent player who's like, I mean, this team. Is they, I'm, a lot of the stuff you said is true. They know how to do this. They know they, they made the right decisions. They have a great organizational structure. They yeah. really embrace analytics. All that stuff is true. They made hard decisions. They got rid of the, the coach. They, they got rid of Monte Ellison, got booed. He did lots of things that he should be applauded for. Built this right. team. They tanked. Monte Ellison was tank. a ballsy trade. Great tanking job. They played five players in, for an entire game. Did one. you make Did you make money on that tanking job? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For so, sure. So did Cousin Sal and I. Yeah. It was great. It was Be- like, they need to get to the Dude, they only seven. played five guys for yeah. an entire game. I've it never seen that happen. It wasn't as great as Madsen. Madsen's still there. No, that was the I greatest of a, all time. I want to do a documentary a, about the that's Madsen That's a documentary game. for sure. Mark Madsen, please shoot threes. That's the only time we've ever seen a team like willingly throw a game. Mark Madsen took like seven threes. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. never happened. Nope. Teams at least try to fake it. All right, Bob Volgaris. Thank we, you. Uh, we can check you out at Horalabob, one of the best NBA Twitter accounts. And... Uh, Thanks for doing this. I would have kept going, but I have to pee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, talk to you later in the week. Thanks for listening. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. Picture me rolling.